Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you. Good morning, Dr. Paul. How are you this morning? Very good. Good. Thank you. Good. Uh, I'm sure you've heard of the saying, there ain't no such thing as a free lunch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we're talking about from the well, governments do wonderful things. They have just provided free uh, masks to wear. Of course, they're unnecessary, and it uh, doesn't look like they take very good care of them. But all of a sudden, because of the bureaucracy and the spending and the malinvestment and the too much credit and the legalized use of debt, they were able to buy a bunch of max stuff. But these are the good ones. Yeah. These are the N95, so uh, these are masks. But they didn't get rid of them, and now this might be a good sign that they're throwing in the towel. Nobody's going to come looking for them. But uh, they got some attention from this because uh, they had, what, millions of these things, 735 million uh, masks. So, and, and they, can't, they know they can't sell them. Uh, so uh, they're passing them out, and they want people to wear them. That's a good symbolism. It's a sign of obedience, and this will get you by uh, a, a lot of places where otherwise you might lose your job if you don't wear your mask. But uh, this is um, this just happened, you know, uh, at the beginning of this month. Uh, but uh, the drugstores have them. I bet we wouldn't have any trouble going out and finding them. I don't know if they're in Lake Jackson yet or not, but people will be anxiously waiting for their free mask. And it's probably uh, uh, a lot less interesting and beneficial than that free lunch that the government's going yeah. to give you. Because the free stuff is usually paid for by something. Nothing is for free. And in this case, it looks like what they're getting, uh, even if you thought you were getting something and it's free, uh, it's uh, probably not worth much one way or the other. So that, uh, that is uh, what, what's going on right now. And the people will get a boost. You know, they have to keep this thing going. Uh, but they're running out of steam, I think. The whole idea of the masks, running out of steam. The 700 million masks in the government's stockpile um, that means 700 million times the mask makers got paid, yeah. which is what it really is all about. And, you know, this whole thing has been about that. The vax makers got paid because the government bought all the vaccines. Um, uh, as you say, <laughs> no such thing as a free lunch. You know, Jordan Schachtel has a great piece today in his Substack, which I do recommend reading on, on these issues. But he talks about uh, how, you know, the... Uh, these masks, you know, they're, 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 as he points out, they're for industrial use, miners, construction workers, painters, they use them. Uh, in healthcare settings, and you've mentioned this before, they're used differently in healthcare settings, or they have been in the past, than people may think. They've not been used to stop viruses, they've been used to stop things over a surgery or something like this. So there really is no evidence that they actually work. But nevertheless, the government, central planning decided we need masks, so masks we're going to get, and they're going to be free because the federal government is your daddy. But let's put on someone who doesn't like the idea of free stuff from the government as much as anyone else. And this is Representative Thomas Massey. This is a great tweet. He said, free government masks. What's wrong with this picture? So stupid, it hurts. And there's a huge bin of hundreds of masks sitting there out in the open for people to fondle and touch and try on and sneeze into. And as someone commented on this thread, uh, you don't even know if it's a discard pile <laughs> or a pickup pile. In fact, 
Let's go to the next uh, clip. This, this was on, uh, and this is uh, Massey. In case you're thinking that previous picture is the fault of the retailer, the government sign says take three masks, yet the government provided boxes with 20 masks in each box. So the retailers, of course, Dr. Paul, didn't have a choice. They just put them out. Uh, they're not you know, safely and securely and sanitized. Let's look at the next one, next uh, picture. And I think this is from, yeah, someone else t- uh, uh, chimed in. I saw the same thing at a local grocery store. Look, look, they're just thrown there on the <laughs> shelf. And this is supposed to be a sterile mask that's going to prevent you from getting a virus. Uh, it's almost, Dr. Paul, too comical, uh, as Massey himself pointed out, <laughs> to even contemplate. Right. You know, this whole idea of free, government uses it all the time. You know, you don't have to pay. You don't have to pay. It's all for free. But there's, there's always a payment whether it's good or bad. I'm just wondering whether maybe the drugstores might be reimbursed for just this distribution. The state, the space, they pro- yeah. They probably are, you know, getting paid all the way through. But this idea of free, there's a payment all the time. And the people, let's, let's say this is less controversial and people really still need something of benefit and these masks are very, very important and they're free. And uh, then the it makes it worse because <laughs> there is a joke. But but then the, uh, the the people take them and they say, "Oh, good, government took care of me. We, yeah. I got a check when we had this downturn in the economy, and and uh, the government's there to help me. It's all for free. It's for free." But the big question, the big problem is. The people who are propagandized against, the people who see need to get it for free, they weren't going to do it for free, are the ones who end up paying the most. Yeah. Because it's the inflation tax that it causes. Because we had no money in the bank, we didn't raise taxes, we passed out more trillions of dollars, and it still is free. But now, guess what? There's something called an increase in the CPI. There's a great decrease in the standard of living, and the prices are going up and guess who, who's, who's complaining the most and they have a right to complain but they have a right to, they also have an obligation to try to understand it they, because uh, you know uh, AOC said well, well I know why they do it they're being gouged no they're, they're not being that the businessman doesn't do the, the gouging uh, they're working within a wicked system yeah and uh, and they, they, they see this and and uh, the the, the Greatest damage done will be to the poor and the middle class for anything the government says is for free because they suffer at a higher percentage rate than do the well-to-do and the wealthy. Because <clears throat> there's more stories out, which I'm glad they're getting out, explaining in a little bit more detail uh, about why you know, the wealthy can escape these penalties because everybody knows it, but it's just, it's, and, and you know, even the far left likes this because it's an excuse for saying, oh, see how wicked free markets are. Yeah. You see, this is why we, why we have to have government do a better job. So we need more efficiency. We need efficient socialists and fascists, and then everything will be okay. That's their argument. But our job is to wake up people and at least study the issue and pay attention to Find out about what is the inflation tax and what does it mean to you? Yeah, well, you know, the, the government gives things for free, but there are strings attached, you know. <laughs> and and this is, these are free for political reasons. They want to give you a free mask because they want to prolong the sense that there is a pandemic that you must listen and obey. They wanted to promote free tests. Remember that? 
billions and billions of free tests paid for by the government because the government could jiggle the nozzles and jiggle the, uh, the, uh, the, the measurements. To, if they want it to go up, it'll go up. If they want it to go down, it'll go down. Free vaccines, we don't need to talk about that because it turns out they came with a lot of strings attached. So there's a lot of strings for these free things and they also look really gross sitting there uh, in, the, in the shelves. But here's something else that they're gonna need some masks for, Dr. Paul. And let's look on, turn on this next uh, clip here. This is from Paul Joseph Watson in Summit News. Uh, masks on planes to become permanent, and this won't surprise you, Dr. Paul, like anti-terror rules. <laughs> we never go back to pre-9-11. You know, and, and that is uh, the, where, where the real cost is. The cost is loss of freedom. This is a typical example of this. No matter how bad things are, no matter how much they cost, no, much, no matter how much uh, the poor are punished for this and wiping out the middle class, no matter how much the pharmaceutical companies are helped and the rich get richer, uh, they persist. And here it is. Uh, so many people understand, uh, you know, the continuation of the the so-called lockdowns back after 9/11. We know we didn't regain all our liberties back then, and that's what's coming here now. Um, and it, it is a bit ironic that you, you know the joke is that they cost too much money and they don't do any good and they don't even care about it. Peer take them. Uh, you can start your fires with these kind of, this kind of stuff. So uh, and, and it. And, and the whole thing is, is now they're planning to do this to make sure, well, we'll have to have a use for it. Oh, the airplanes are the most dangerous things in the world uh, for pa spreading diseases. And therefore, we have to uh, ha have you wear a mask. Someday they might wake up and find out what uh, science actually teaches about masks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, the Ryanair, I think it's an Irish company, their, their chief financial guy, Neil Sorahan, and this is in the article from Paul Joseph Watson. He's quoted saying, masks are going to be with us for a long time. He says, it's a bit like after 9-11. We ended up <laughs> with our toiletries in plastic bags. Maybe we'll have to live for masks a little while longer, he says. So normalizing that which became absurd, stupid. Remember, if you had four ounces of shampoo, you might be a terrorist. You could only have three ounces and what have you, what have you. Yeah, you know, all the toothpaste stuff. And it still just goes on and on and on, and nobody questions it anymore. You know, I, frequently when we talk about these issues, I do think back about Alice Shrugged and Rand because yeah. she says, watch out, watch out for the businessman. You know, he becomes corrupt, although she, she still had a strong belief that there would always be some, some all, uh, honest business people. There will be a remnant of uh, honest people. But right, right now, when you hear about big companies, just think of how many big companies have gone along with these, uh, this uh, lockdown yeah. and punishment and canceling, firing people. So it is, it is tragic. But, of course, we look at the positive things that are happening and the numbers are growing and uh, they haven't quit. Uh, I don't think all trucks are back at home right now. I think the trucks are still out there. and Maybe next week there'll be even more. Yeah, maybe. Well, let's move on because this is a, this is a foreign policy uh, issue. Well, actually, no, there's one more that we want to do in that last one. Sorry, I, I just I, I wanted to put a sort of an end piece on this because... Meanwhile, where they're trying to give you free masks, they're trying to keep this, keep this going. And we mentioned this yesterday, but it's worth just raising it again. Let's put up this next clip because in the face of all of this trying to prolong this, the American people, as you've said, Dr. Paul, with a lot of optimism, more than I've had, uh, but turns out you're right, 
70% of Americans say it's time to accept COVID and get on with our lives. And as we said yesterday, that's a recent poll taken by Monmouth University. And uh, the, um, the numbers for Republicans are skyrocket. They're well past 70 or 80. Independents are way, way, way high up there. Uh, and the only ones that want to keep things going are the Democrat respondees to this uh, poll. I think, I think it's just under 50%. You know, they don't want to get over it. They want to get over it. But vast majority of America says, no, we're done with it. You know, uh, I would have changed one word if I had written out. I would have said, now, now all we have to do is accept natural immunity and get on with it because, because uh, it'll, it'll take care of itself with uh, a little bit more common sense. Uh, but that's hard to come by. I think, uh, unfortunately, uh, Thomas is correct about how yeah, stupid this, yeah, this yeah. whole thing is. So back we did uh, want to yeah. talk about foreign policies. There's a, you, you know, it, it does remind us about 20, what is it, 20 years ago when Jeez. we had to <laughs> get after, after an emergency at home, 9-11. You know, we had, to go, we had to go into a country that had nothing to do with it and kill millions of people, but nothing to do with 9-11. But uh, we, we did and stayed a long time. A lot of people died. But right now, uh, there's a interesting debate going on, and uh, believe it or not, uh, uh, Tucker Carlson's involved in it, which is uh, interesting because it looks like he's helped encourage a debate within the Republican Party. Yeah, we won't call it, call it a fight; we'll just call it a debate. <laughs> you know, but uh, the Republicans obviously have been known for the hawks; uh, they're they're pro-war. But then we always have to remind people: yes, but look. You know, assassination, that's a, a Democratic program as much as a Republican program. And uh, the wars have been fought, the military-industrial complex, they support it. And then they also hide behind a few words said, oh, there's bipartisanship and they will appeal to their base. But right now, I'm, I'm impressed that the, <laughs> that, that, that the Republican establishment got so nervous so fast. They don't even want anybody suggesting the fact that we could have a debate about, uh, you, you, you know, uh, tr troops overseas, putting troops overseas, and how much help should we give uh, Ukraine, and how much should we blame Russia for all this, and, you know, that's been going on a long time. Uh, you, you know, we, we had this whole thing about Russia Gate, but right now it's uh, DC Gate or something like yeah. that, because it's to gear it up and stir it up and sending more troops, even now, now they're boosting the troops in Eastern Europe. Yeah. And there's, a, there's again, the thousands of troops, they had committed 7,500, and now, now they've added another 3,000. <laughs> yeah, and uh, of course they don't need really the, any ground troops because they can do a lot of harm just with their missiles and uh, lockdowns and penalties and, and uh, you, you know, the financial damage that they can do to a country once they decide you've had it buddy. Yeah. We're going to take care of you. We'll take you out. Let's put up this first clip. This is from Politico. The piece itself is, is horrible, and we'll go into that in a second, why it's so bad. Probably a paid-for piece, but GOP to Tucker Carlson, we're the decision-makers on Ukraine, not you. <laughs> Excuse me. And again, this doesn't come to me as a position from a position of power. What this is, is the Republican political leadership uh, saying that we are Russia hawks, we're going to remain Russia hawks. Tucker Carlson, you better shut up, you're unpatriotic. The problem for these people, and this is Senator Cornyn, these are the people on that level, Senator uh, Tish, these, these people, um, 
but the constituents are going in a different direction, and that's what's driving them insane. What they hated most about Trump is what made Trump so successful, which is what's so bad about getting along with countries? Why not get along with Russia? What's the big deal? Well, this is essentially what Tucker Carlson says, with some exceptions, on his show, and he has the most popular cable show in the country, and that makes Republicans furious, Republican leaders furious. But look how Politico spins this, because we know where Politico stands. Politico stands with the Rachel Maddow wing of the Democratic Party, which is very hawkish. Put up this next clip and just see a couple of the biases in this piece. Um, this is how they started out. The Fox, Prime, Fox News primetime host and others on the far right, far right, far right, have excused and even rationalized Russia's aggression toward Ukraine. Uh, very funny, very wrong in every way, shape, or form. Let's do the next one. Dr. Pong, I'm going to send it back to you, but I just want to do this next one really quick. This is also false. In a stark departure from the tough-on-Russia posture that has defined the Republican Party since the start of the Cold War. Untrue. First of all, the Cold War was not against Russia. It was against the Soviet Union, which no longer exists. Um, it's trying to, it's, it's coming from the left saying that the Republican Party has always been hawkish, just like us, and we have to remain hawkish. We've got to get this uppity Duck Tucker Carlson to shut up and fall in line. Yeah. No opinion. No He's not allowed to have no. an opinion. And he has an opinion, and he has a right to those opinions, but it almost seems like uh, the hawks uh, don't believe he should have an opinion. Yeah. You know, uh, what's, what's the purpose of free speech if you can't, you can't have an opinion? But, you know, I still am not excited about all this because uh, the diplomacy on both sides isn't exactly superb. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of name calling and all. And, and it's such a shame that we're in this situation that in order to, say, for, the, for the individuals, I, I have to stay Republican. Those Democrats are so bad. I'll do anything to get yeah. rid of Biden. You yeah, know, that sort exactly. of thing. And all, all of a sudden, you, you know, they, they, they do this and uh, Biden you know still still exists but the diplomacy isn't there and i think this is a point where i like to make uh, make an issue out of the whole principle of the philosophy of it because if you're a non-interventionist you wouldn't hear any of this stuff we wouldn't be in nato if we had non-intervention and this is nato stuff too and uh, it, who, who controls nato and well the person the country that has the reserve currency of the world the country that has the biggest military and uh, you have to do a lot of badgering you have to be a lot of deceit and you have to stir the people up if you if you told people think that you know you know uh, we're, we're not going to get involved in a war over there. We're not going to pick sides and uh, we'll let you decide. You, you go fight if you want, but we're not. The government has no authority to pick sides on, on this unless our security is threatened. And I would say there's a lot of energy and a lot of money being spent on the borders over there between Ukraine and, the, and, and Russia and how much effort is given by the Democrats? The Democrats actually want war on our borders. They yeah. want it there. And, of course, uh, the people who would like to see a, 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 you know, more border protection, uh, they're there for sending troops overseas as well. So it's, uh, it's a misallocation of resources as far as I'm concerned. 
Well, the Republicans are determined, the Republican leadership is determined to go the opposite way that Republican constituents are feeling. They're feeling increasingly like the Trump wing, the Tucker Carlson wing. We don't need to protect Ukraine's borders when our own borders are completely porous. And, you know, if the Republicans do not do as well in November as they hope, this will be the reason because they don't stand for anything. They don't stand for anything new. It's just the same old, everyone else be, be quiet. But I want to do another little clip from this Politico piece because sometimes I wonder if it was paid by some Ukrainian PR uh, uh, <laughs> company. But let's, let's look at this for a second, this next clip, because this is just wrong and it's also just dumb. In Ukraine's case, the country is viewed, is viewed in passive tense, as the front line in Putin's bid to reclaim power over the former Soviet states. What is the basis for that claim? If that were true, if his whole goal in life is to reclaim the Soviet Union by going into Ukraine, why did he make no moves on Ukraine until after the U.S.-sponsored coup in 2014? His was a reaction to U.S. action in overthrowing the democratic government in Ukraine. Yeah, they, they never bring it up in U.S. media, whether they're left-leaning or right-leaning. They never bring never. up the whole subject of the real source of this. And we've been talking about it since 2014 because when it was occurring, we were talking about it. And we, because we, a lot of times you don't get the evidence so clear and blunt. Yeah. And back then, the evidence was there. The, the State Department and our ambassador had the conversation. Well, who are we going to put in? How do we have to do this? You know, it was, it was all our, our mess. And yet now they talk about a coup. You know, we have to, we, we can't allow the Russians to come in here and throw out this government here and do all that stuff. And uh, you, you talk about hypocrisy. And the hypocrisy is bipartisan. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Well, I want to play a little video clip, and you might want to listen in on this, Dr. Paul, because this is essentially the beef. It's just a minute from Tucker Carlson's show. And I'll just, I'll set it up this way. So Senator Risch from Idaho, he's the ranking member on, on Senate Foreign Relations Committee. He went on CNN attacking Russia, saying it's, 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 it's a terrible country. Tucker Carlson is terrible. He's basically the point man for this. Super, super hawk. And here's Tucker Carlson responding to what Senator Risch said on CNN of all places. It sounds complicated, but listen up for, for the first minute of this. Risch of Idaho explain it on CNN. Watch. The people who were saying that we shouldn't be engaged in this at all are going to be singing a very different tune uh, when they go to fill up their car with gas if indeed there is an invasion uh, by Russia. Because as Bob pointed out, there are going to be sanctions that are going to be crippling to Russia. It is going to cripple their, uh, uh, their oil production. And as we all know, uh, uh, Russia is uh, simply a, uh, uh, a gas station uh, that is masquerading, a thinly disguised masquerading as a country. Russia is a gas station masquerading as a country. It's a good line. Here's another version of it. Jim Risch is a moron masquerading as a U.S. senator. How else could you explain what you just heard? Risch promises to throw more sanctions on Russia, which are going to make your gas prices go up here in this country. But somehow that's your fault because you're not patriotic enough to defend Ukraine. Got it? He this, caught it pretty well. Yeah, you know, when I think of diplomacy... I think of it in a positive way because that's what's left uh, if you're if you don't want to start a war, yeah. uh, even though it comes up short a lot of times.
because I look at this stuff and it's sort of like when you hear this uh, vitriol, it's sort of like iron fist diplomacy, yeah. you know. And uh, that's that's the great danger of empires because th- their their whole life uh, is is designed to protect their empire. And they have to lie, cheat, steal, print money, and threaten, and uh, intimidate, put on the sanctions. And we've been very successful at it. And, uh, and we, we became very, very much engaged in developing and, and growing the, uh, uh, the, the empire following World War II. And uh, we were in a position that was very natural. The war was fought. We won the war. And, uh, and, and they, had, they, they wanted to do something international. Because the one after World War One failed, so they come together and they want to do that, and uh, we we had some conspirators there that really knew how to do it and put us in the in the driver's seat of the empire. But uh, guess what? The empires broke, and uh, and it and, you know not only broke financially, but it's broke you know spiritually and, and morally because I don't think we have have the goodwill of other countries. I, I think that that is pretty well known now that we don't receive goodwill from the rest of the world as we once did, maybe right following Second World War, and that's probably what enhanced our ability to really take, take charge of everything. Yeah, and to have the ranking member of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee go on television and say with a straight face that all Russia is is a gas station masquerading as a, as a country, first of all, it shows how ignorant he is. Completely <laughs> ignorant, completely stupid, as Tucker said, but it also... <laughs> If more Americans would pay attention, it also shows how dumb the vast majority of our representatives are. There are a few exceptions, and those exceptions are exceptional. But the vast majority are as ill-informed as this senator, and that is what's really dangerous. And they have no interest in becoming informed. I want to just do a couple. I don't want to beat this to death, but, but here's a, the next cl- uh, clip, the next uh, JPEG, is a, is a good point that, um, that Tucker makes. And this is from the Politico article, but he says... And, and I don't see what's, why this is so contra- Why is it disloyal to side with Russia, but loyal to side with Ukraine, he said. And he called Ukraine strategically irrelevant to the U.S. That's very true. He later said Putin just wants to keep his western borders secure, adding that it makes sense that Putin doesn't want Ukraine to join NATO. It doesn't matter how you feel about Russia to objectively analyze the fact that it's perceived as a threat to have U.S. tanks on your border. We would feel the same way. And I just want to put this up from Scott Ritter, uh, who's spoken at our conferences. We have a high regard. And in fact, I've got a great piece from him about Russia on the Ron Paul Institute website. Just do this one next, because Scott, former Marine, uh, has a very good point to make. Dumb and dumber. Menendez fears a new Munich, while Rich calls Russia a gas station masquerading as a country. Take a good look, America. These idiots want your sons and daughters to die in an avoidable conflict with a country they know nothing about. Thanks, CNN. You know, it reminds me of the confrontation I had with Giuliani and their discovery, not only by myself, but other people. Yeah. Holy man, <laughs> there's more people than we knew, knew about that, uh, that support that position. But, you know, we've already had indication. There's been some polling done with the American people who said, well, we doing it, shouldn't, shouldn't do this. Yeah. But remember... That's exactly what the polls showed in 1938 and 39. Uh-huh. That's what the polls showed before we before Bush went into the Middle East. Yeah, that's the American true. people, if they get this idea of going to war and people dying, 
Well, no, we don't want that. Then all of a sudden, uh, the patriotism marches in. Yeah. You're not a patriot, and that's why they were playing on the patriotism. You know, the whole thing. If you if you if you uh, if, if you say anything that uh, moderates the conflict or the argument with Russia, then you're not patriotic. And uh, it's it's something that we have to understand, uh, and uh, the people have to understand that their instincts can be pretty good. If you just look at the facts and, yeah. and, and maybe they start off and, and to be careful, maybe that'll happen now because people have been really conditioned uh, to not follow blindly the, the media and follow blindly the politicians, more so than I would say in the 30s. I think that yeah. the, in the 30s, the people were much more uh, willing and, and needing to switch. And But they got, they got converted in, uh, in 2001 because of, of uh, 9-11. That's yeah. how they, they could be convinced. Well, it is a bit disheartening to see the same old saw being brought out again, that if you question how wonderful an idea it is to have World War III with Russia, over Ukraine's borders, uh, somehow you are in the pay of Putin. I mean, Ron Paul Institute from day one, and you before that, first you were Saddam Hussein's uh, poodle, and then you were Gaddafi, it goes on and on, that the whole idea. But let's skip that next clip and just go to the last clip, because this is, again, the president's own spokeswoman talking about Senator Hawley from Missouri, who says, you know what, maybe it's not such a great idea to have Ukraine in NATO. Why do we need to do this? Why do we need to take this on ourselves? So what is her response? She accuses Senator Hawley of parroting Russian talking points. So here is the spokesperson of the president openly accusing a United States senator of being a traitor to his country, of being a tool of a foreign power, because he suggests it's not a great idea to bring Ukraine into NATO and put us on the hook for World War III if Russia and Ukraine decide to have a spat. But just remember, she's the one that's trying to protect American by giving them secret warnings. Do you know what's going to happen? Yeah. Do you know that you're going to be invaded? Do you know that Kiev is going to be wiped off the yeah, map? Yeah, yeah. She was, she was helping. And, and uh, that was so bad, she had to backtrack on that one. <laughs> and she backtracks in a sarcastic way, too. I've, I only said it once. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thanks a lot. But here's what she said. And for this, I mean, this is, a person like this should be drummed out of polite society. I don't know much about Senator Hawley. I, I don't know what his positions are. This is the right position to take. But here's what she said. If you are digesting Russian misinformation and parroting Russian talking points, you are not aligned with the long-standing bipartisan American values, which is to stand up for the sovereignty of countries like Ukraine. <laughs> <laughs> you know what that made me think of? Yes, there is some bipartisan values and they're run by the military industrial complex. Exactly. That's, that's what she's talking about. She just doesn't know how to, oh no, she knows how to define it, yeah. but uh, she has to play on the patriotism thing. Yeah. You know, One uh, final thing that I'll say about Rich, and I, I, I wrote it down because I didn't want to forget it and I forgot it. <laughs> but his point when he was attacking Tucker Carlson for attacking him is he said, well, we tend to, you know, he said, uh, we always side with countries that are democratic. And I'm thinking, okay, Saudi Arabia, um, we could go down the line, right? Ukraine. <laughs> Ukraine. We didn't like their election. Yeah, in Ukraine, they've, they've outlawed two opposition parties. They've shut down numerous newspapers. They've arrested politicians. Uh, so, yeah, we always side with democracy. Senator Rich, you are not that smart. I'm you know, done, Dr. I'm, I'm going to say something very, very risky, so... Uh oh! I'm taking a chance, but I right now internationally, 
if you if you just came in and listened to all this stuff uh, and you can't modify if you I would say the adult in the room might be Putin. <laughs> that's dangerous isn't it? <laughs> but uh, we we do have a few and we we have them sometimes they just like to drive trucks and yeah. uh, and sometimes we have them in the Congress and sometimes in the Senate but the whole thing is is the principles are important and non-intervention would solve all these problems yeah I'm done dr. Paul I've I've, I've Said all I can say. <laughs> well, you know, uh, this is going to be around a while, and I, I kept thinking it would fade. But so far, it's it's sort of uh, fanfare. It's just uh, you know pretend. But sometimes this pretense of strength uh, can get out of hand. I I, I do have a concern about false flags. You know, people people take advantage of, and there are people who. Uh, uh, you know, make mistakes, and, uh, and and all of a sudden it gets out of hand, and you're you're into into a war. And then there's also some people who who do really dumb things domestically. It happens, of sort, and certainly in the war against COVID, they do dumb things. You say, how could they possibly do that? That's causing chaos. That might be their goal yeah. is to have chaos. And and uh, there are some people who have international views. The more chaos there is, the more likely we can, uh, you know make the world safe and secure with their ideas of Marxism. So, yeah. But I do want to uh, thank everybody today for tuning in to the Liberty B Report. Please come back soon.